the, my first slide. You know, the last couple of weeks, I've just been uh, sharing about being established and a word that just came, I don't know, it was through prayer and a, a couple of the previous messages I did about the importance of just being established. And so uh, that, that's part of growth. It's part of discipleship that God wants us to grow up. How many believe that? And in the culture we're in, in the society we're in, in the time period we're living in, there's so many things that are being shaken and, and uh, the political realm, you know, even entertainment realm, media realm, we kind of unpacked that a few weeks ago where scripture says the things that can be shaken will be shaken. And so uh, we, we've looked at that over the last couple of weeks, but how many believe God wants people that aren't shaken themselves, that we're steadfast, that we have a foundation? And so that's what we've been kind of working off of the last few weeks. And today, I want to talk to you about established in Thanksgiving. And uh, again, several weeks ago, we did a series about making uh, America grateful again. But I, I don't know. I think I could talk about Thanksgiving over and over and over again because it's such a vital part of who you and me are to become as people, grateful people. A grateful people in things, through things, you know, in the midst of things. And so today I want to talk a little bit about being established in thanksgiving. Uh, this passage we've been covering the last few weeks and uh, the, the first few parts about being established is in Colossians 2. It says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you've been taught. And so we spent a little time just unpacking that idea about being established in the faith and being rooted and built up in different characteristics and, and different principles that uh, Jesus taught us and that we are revealed in the word. But, you know, it, it, it says here, so walk, that's ongoing. That means it's a continual thing. Walk in him, say in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. And so when I think about walking, but at the same time you're rooted, you're walking but you're rooted, that's what made me think of a walking tree here. How, how, how do you stay rooted but you're still supposed to walk? Well, the roots go with you. The foundation goes with you. And uh, to, to keep walking in the right direction, walking with him, walking in him, walking filled with him. It is one thing, but you can do that when you're established, when you're rooted and built up in him. Amen? And so hopefully you got a handout this morning, and it's Knowing Who I Am in Christ by Joyce Myers. And I don't know, there's probably at least 40 different promises on this page about who we are in Christ and uh, what, what he wants for us, how he has established us. If, if you just take a quick peek at it, and if you don't have one, raise your hand. The ushers could, could grab you one of those, but... You know, I, I can, we could spend days just doing a Bible study through who we are in him. It says being rooted in him, rooted that I'm complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Ephesians 2.5, I'm alive with Christ. I'm free from the law of sin and death. I am far from oppression and fear does not come near me. The, the, these are promises that he's given us, amen? And to be rooted and established in that foundation is to know who we are, is to get a new identity. I, I brought the cross with me or out here this morning. And, uh, you know, there, there's two sides to this cross. And when I think about thankfulness, how many are thankful for the cross? Yeah, anybody thankful for the cross? Yeah. Dar Darlene Zek does a song from Hillsong's, I'm Grateful for the Cross. 
And uh, I'm thankful for the cross. I was listening to that again this week and what it represents. And th- there, there's two sides to the cross. There's, there's this side here where the blood stains on the cross are, are representative of what Jesus paid for me to walk in freedom. Let's see if I think I brought these with me too. I think it's in my Nike box here. Oh, yeah. My chains. Did anybody have chains before they're saved or even as they're being saved? Any, anybody understand what chains are that, that, that bound us? Addictions, things, afflictions, attitude that bound us? Well, when I think about being grateful for the cross, I think on this side of the cross is where I bring my chains. This is the side of the cross where I've received deliverance, where I've see it, received freedom. This side of the cross I need to keep coming back to. It's the side of the cross that, that I'm grateful for because it represents Jesus paying the ultimate price for my freedom, that he shed his innocent blood, that the price would be paid for my debauchery, my mistakes, my attitude then and still ongoing, that I'm grateful for this side of the cross. But there's another side. There's another side that I'm thankful for. And it's the side that when, when we come to him and we receive forgiveness, we don't have to stay just on this side. When we come and recognize our sinfulness, our weakness, and we receive forgiveness, that this blood that was shed, it's applied to my head, my heart, that this blood I can come and, and again and again, even at the communion table today, just reappropriate the blood that was paid for my healing, the stripes that were on his back for my heal, healing and wholeness. I, I'm grateful for this cross. But there, there's another side to the cross. It's the resurrection side. It's the side that represents that Jesus was raised from the dead, that death has no sting, that he rose victorious. This side of the cross represents that he, 40 days after his resurrection, or 50, essentially from Passover, he, he poured out the Holy Spirit. He wants us to live in victory. Does anybody believe that this morning? And so this side of the cross represents what I'm so grateful for, that now I'm in Christ. Now I've passed from death to life. Now I can walk in newness of life, and he's made promises that describes what he's doing in my life and in your life. So where does Thanksgiving come in? When, when it says here to be rooted and built up and established in the faith, have you been taught abounding in it with Thanksgiving? Well, there's times I can identify fully on this side of the cross and aware of my weaknesses and frailties. But how to live on this side of the cross has a lot to do with thanksgiving. Because to to abound in faith means to take promises like this. And even though my life doesn't 100% line up with what's on this paper, thanksgiving helps establish these things in my life where I can say, Lord, I thank you I'm alive with you. Lord, I thank you that I'm free from the law of sin and death. Lord, I thank you that I'm far from oppression and fear does not come near me. And even when I don't feel confident, I feel some fear, I can thank you that it's far from me. I I believe that. I declare that by faith. And by appropriating these things in thanksgiving, we can go from this side to this side. Do you believe it? And that's the importance of thanksgiving, that we're giving thanks for something that might not even be completed and fully operational in your life. But by giving thanks, it imputes it, it imparts it to us. It, it stirs us up. It causes us to move towards those things that he has for us on the other side of the cross. Paul wrote this in 1 Thessalonians. He says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. 
Be unceasing and persistent in prayer in every situation, no matter what the, thanks, the circumstances. Be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So I'm going through tough things in my life, maybe, or I'm facing discouragement and I'm in my word, and God gives me a promise to hold on to. And as I begin to meditate on those things and, and thank God for that reality in my life, I can go from this side of just needing to receive forgiveness and a fresh start to this side where I'm walking in victory in the reality of the promises because I appropriate them through thanksgiving. I appropriate them by faith through thanksgiving. God, thank you that these things are working in my life. Nita shared in worship this morning. She said, God, I, I thank you that I'm not where I will be, but I thank you, God, that you're taking me to a place. Thank you for where you brought me from, but I thank you, God, that you're taking me further. And so thanksgiving appropriates and stirs up the promises of God for our future in, in our lives. You believe that, church? So thanksgiving's important. It, it, it's, it's something that we need to not just think about once in a while or Pause, but it keeps us in the present moment of what Christ is doing in us and through us when we're thankful. Many of you have seen him speak, this guy speak. Nick Vujicic, I think I said it quite kind of right. <laughs> but uh, this is what he said. Often people ask how I manage to be happy despite having no arms and no legs. The quick answer is that I have a choice. I can be angry about not having limbs or I can be thankful that I have a purpose. I chose gratitude. And so, in everything, give thanks. You, you, you have a choice. I have a choice. I happened this week to call one of our relatives who lost his wife and, uh, about a year ago. And he's in a season of grieving, and he's been isolating and hasn't been calling. And he's not a believer yet. 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 Say yet. But... Um, so this week, I, I reached out to him, gave him a call, and uh, there's been a couple days, he's, this isn't like him, but he chose not even to get out of bed, just bummed. He said, I miss my old life. I miss how things used to be. He's kind of working on other relationships, but he said, I, I, I'm just super, I've been super discouraged, and we talked about this, this idea of choice. He's not a believer yet. But I talked to him about what you focus on and where you put your head and your heart on. And we have a choice. I said, when people ask me sometimes how I'm doing, I said, depends on which way I look. But I choose to look at the things that God is doing, that he's in the process of doing, that he promised. I choose to look that way instead of just hashing and rehashing over negative things. Amen? And so when we choose life, when we choose to what we put our focus on, we, we can activate in thanksgiving we can activate these promises where god wants to take us and what he's doing in us and i encourage some of you that need just maybe a little boost in that to to, to keep these around for bible study to keep these around for confession to keep these around for meditation this is what god this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you amen amen well Anybody else grateful for the cross, the things that have been done and the things he's doing through us? Have you been misunderstood? Have you been harmed or mistreated? Have you suffered injustice? Do you need God's power to change some of those things? Do you need today to receive 
or extend forgiveness. Praise and thanksgiving moves you from one side of the cross to the other. The idea that God, Jesus, you came, you, you went through that. You were misunderstood hugely, Jesus. And you can come to my aid because you went through that very thing. You, you came as Messiah, prophesied hundreds of years before you showed up. Some were expecting. Some recognized you when you showed up. But, but many, many, many didn't. They re- rejected who you were. You were misunderstood. Jesus, when I'm misunderstood, can I come to you to the power of the cross to receive help and strength, receive a fresh start? Jesus, when I've been harmed or mistreated, which many of us have, many of us have, we, I don't think you would mind sharing some of this. It was one of the young men that was at our men's group at Coco's. He's been coming on and off for the last couple of years. And about a year and a half ago, we talked about forgiveness around the table. He said, I can't forgive the guy that molested me. Can't. It's been hard, tough. Other people found out, have used that against him throughout his life and teased him and done things with, because of that information they gained about him. But over the course of about a year and a half, we've seen that guy give it totally to the Lord. We've seen him offload that, the chains of unforgiveness. He's, he's given the bitterness to Jesus. And we've heard it in his voice and we've heard it in his testimony and, and he's laid it on Jesus. And yesterday he said, I, I have a hard time even digging that stuff up anymore, remembering what happened because the power of the cross. I'm grateful for the cross. How about you? you? You've been suffered. I'm not trying to minimize what's going on in people's lives. I'm just saying there's power to get past it. There's power to get through it. I'm grateful for the cross. The ability to give it to him on this side and say, Jesus, it's your blood. I need to apply your blood to this pain. Jesus, I need to take these stripes that you promised in Isaiah 53 for my healing. I I apply these stripes, Jesus, but I'm choosing to go from this side to this side. I'm I'm choosing resurrection life. I'm choosing a new beginning. I'm choosing a fresh hope. I'm choosing a fresh start, Lord. And I thank you for the grace and the power to walk in it. I'm grateful for the cross. How about you? Amen? Thank you for this love, Lord. This this song again, thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know, your forgiveness and grace. Wish I could sing it. Thank you. No, never mind. I, I have my screaming voice at the hoedown. I get a little raspy this morning from screaming at people at the hoedown. Well, not screaming like angry, but trying to talk in the midst of lots of stuff going on. So, so today is about a thanksgiving offering. And in the Old Testament, God implemented this idea of thanksgiving and a peace offering. And, you know, I'm definitely not a scholar in the Old Testament offerings, but when you dig in, there were so many different kinds of offerings for different things that God instituted. And, and I mean, there was and all kinds of laws and things that went around these offerings and when you'd sacrifice them. Some were connected to feast days, the beginning of the feast days, the end of the feast days. Some were connected to atonement, you know, getting your sin forgiven. But this Thanksgiving and peace offering was a bit different. It, it could be kind of offered any time. Actually, it was a, a spontaneous offering, not even a commanded offering. It was just one of the spontaneous offerings. And here's in Leviticus 7, kind of the rules around it. And it says, this is the law of sacrifice of peace offerings, which he shall offer to the Lord. 
If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So he said there's something verbal that happens when you're bringing this offering in. There's a, there's a sacrifice of thanksgiving that says maybe in the situation I'm in, it, it's hard to give gratitude. It's hard to show gratitude, but because this is spontaneous, just like back then that it happens now, sometimes by faith we just say, God, it's tough, but I'm going to do something sacrificial right now. I'm going to go show myself friendly to people. I'm going to step over the line and show gratitude. I'm going to step over the line and do something just, you know, kind, something like praying it forward or paying it forward. I'm going to do something unique, something sacrificial, even when I don't feel like it, to bust me out of this funk or to bust me out of this self-centeredness. I'm going to do something sacrificial to somebody else because I'm feeling selfish or I'm feeling isolated or I'm feeling alone, I'm going to do something sacrificial to break me out of it. And God said, this is, a, this is what I want you to do, part of the sacrifice that you give. In it, I want you to bring these 11 cakes mixed with oil and then 11 wafers anointed with oil or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil. And besides these cakes, as you're offering, you shall offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of the peace offering. Now, this seems like a little technical to me and a, a little crazy for something that's supposed to be spontaneous, that God says, when you bring this, this is, this is what I want you to bring. And it takes a little preparation to make these. It's, it's not like you can just go down to the, you know, 7-Eleven and uh, go kind of grab a little of the, each of these and, and take off for the temple or take off to the synagogue to present it before the priest. It takes a little forethought. You got, you got to work on these things. Well, well, what could this represent? If God says, I want you to do this as part of thanksgiving, what, what could these three types of offerings really represent? One, and, and oh yeah, one more point. And he says, and then from it, you shall offer one cake from each offering. So it's not like you could just bake all 11 cakes and just bring all those. No, he says, I want you to bring kind of one of each when you bring it to the priest, and then he's going to sprinkle it with blood. As the peace offering, and that's even wild to me, that you bring food and it gets sprinkled with blood, and I'm assuming you're not eating it after that. It's just an offering that you're making. But let's break this down a little. So what are those 11 cakes mixed with oil? Well, that would be a reminder of deliverance. Those 11 cakes mixed with oil are representative of the Passover when the Lord said, I'm going to take you out. Pharaoh, he, he's been resisting me, and these plagues and these curses have come, and his heart's finally softened, whether it's from frustration or from fear. His heart's softened, and he's going to let you go, and I'm going to deliver you. And so what I want you to do is put blood over the doorpost of your house, and the death angel's going to pass over, and he's going to let you free. And then I want you to, this, this unleavened bread, this 11 cakes, unleavened bread or cakes that you were going to make, this is a sign that you don't have time to prepare and let them rise and all that. This is going to be the quick food that you're going to take with you. So part of a Thanksgiving offering is this kind of bread that would remind them, unleavened bread, like we eat in communion, it would remind them about God's deliverance. So he said, Thanksgiving offering, I'm going to take you back and let you remember how I delivered you. And then he said these unleavened wafers with oil, it, it, that, that's mindful of the wilderness time. When here comes manna from heaven, God anointed this, this manna. It was an anointing from God that brought manna in the desert. That's not a natural deal. 
I don't know if anybody's ever seen it or experienced or even anything that resembles it. It's going to be wafers, anointed wafers showing up, anointed bread showing up in the morning like dew on the grass, and I'm going to provide for you. So I want you in a Thanksgiving offering to make something that looks like that. And when you give thanks, you're going to remember how I took care of you. You'll remember how I provided for you. How it was in lean times, in desperate times. When you give thanks, you're going to bring it back into remembrance that I delivered you, but I also provided for you. And then part of this Thanksgiving offering was the leavened bread. And leavened bread, you know, it takes a little time to rise. It's, it's representative. Scholars were in different places pointing out, you know, maybe this scenario or maybe that scenario, but two thoughts that came out. Leavened bread represents when I've gone from this side of just trials and challenges and struggles to this side where I, I'm living in blessing now. And so you present leavened bread. You present the good loaf. And you say, God, I'm grateful for where you brought me to that now I'm being provided for, that now there's, there's a time of rest. We, we're not hustling. We're not hiding. We're not running. We can relax. We, we can cook. We can enjoy the blessing of what you've given us. That's part of the Thanksgiving offering. Others have said this, leaven bread. When you read about leaven throughout Scripture, leaven often represents when, you know, the leaven of the Pharisees. It's, it represents something ugly, Leaven of, you know, leaven in Jesus' times represented sin. He said, you know, don't let leaven get in and spoil the whole lump. It represents compromise. So other commentators have said this, that you would sacrifice leavened bread that represents, even when it's messy, even when I mess with the leaven of the Pharisees or the leaven of sin, or the leaven of temptation, I've, I've allowed that stuff to creep in and it's infected me. I'm going to bring that before you because you cleanse and you forgive and you deliver. So this offering had specific things connected to it. Other things with the offering, it goes on to say, and whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a free will offering from cattle or sheep, it's got to be perfect to be accepted. There should be no defect in it. You should not offer to the Lord what is bruised or crushed or torn or cut. In other words, some people would say, oh, it's the Sabbath day. Got to come up with an offering. There's that little wimpy, weak lamb that has the broken leg. He's all a mess. Grab that one. We'll take him to the temple. That's not how it works. When you come, you bring your best. You don't bring scraps. You don't bring leftovers. You don't bring seconds. You don't bring the throwaways. It's amazing to me, and I thank God that that culture is broken but it used to be people would call the church and, hey, we don't need this sofa anymore. It's kind of broken down a little, but can we drop it off for you guys? Well, you don't want it. Why should we want it? Hey, hey, hey we got this stereo equipment that's, you know, kind of broken. Maybe you could use it in children's church. One of the speakers work. Nope, we don't want that. We want first class. We want excellent stuff for our kids and our family and for honoring the Lord. Amen? It's the mindset of what we sacrifice to God. And he said, when you bring something to me, I, I just don't want it to be leftovers. I, I want it to be from your heart, and I want it to be quality. Amen? And then here he says, it's got to do with the first. In Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So, say so. So, man, here's a promise. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. 
And, and every place in Scripture, not every place, but most places in Scripture, when it refers to new wine, it refers to anointing. It's twofold. God says when you do this, he'll provide for you, but there'll also be an anointing. There'll be, there'll be a spiritual blessing with it beside, and in addition to a physical blessing. There'll be something he does to multiply and duplicate your seed that you'll feel and sense physical provision because you're a sower and you're a giver of your first fruits. But there's an anointing, he said. There's, there's new wine that comes with that. And we can look in the New Testament, Acts chapter 10. There's a guy named Cornelius. He was even from the Roman regiment. Doesn't really even talk about his Jewish roots. But the angel of the Lord appears to him and said, Hey, Cornelius, your alms... And your prayers have come up as a memorial before me. And God poured out his spirit on Cornelius' house and they were saved. How did that happen? Because of giving and prayers. Because of alms to the poor, being considerate of others. But also his prayers, God said, I've seen them, I've watched them, and I'm going to pour out my spirit on your house. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm glad for financial blessing, but more so when my family's in love with God and my family's being blessed by God and the favor of God's on them and, and they're not still bound in chains. They're, they're free in, from their chains and they feel the experience and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because they're right with him. And he said that, that has to do with just a heart that says, God, I'm going to honor you with first fruits. I'm going to honor you when you honor me. I, I'm going to... I'm going to bless you back with it. It goes on to say, Leviticus 22, and when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. This is not a forced thing. Some, some Old Testament like atonement uh, sacrifices, it's all, there's, there's peer pressure. Everybody's doing it. We're all gathering for the feast day. You bring one, you bring one, you bring one. If you don't bring one, there's pressure. There's pressure that you're backslid. There's pressure that you're not like in the, in the group or in the tribe. This is not like that. Thanksgiving offerings, free will. Thanksgiving offerings, just, ah, thanks, God, that you're good. Thanks for the new car, Lord. Thank you for the, the house. Thank you for the promotion. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for just taking care of my home. Thank you for, as somebody put in the Thanksgiving card, a husband that loves me. Thank you, Lord, for just you. Thank you for an amazing time on the beach yesterday with my family and my grandkids. It was just awesome down there. It was amazing where he's allowed us to live. Thank you for those things, God. I just want to offer something free will. And that's what scripture says here in 2 Corinthians 9. For this I say, who sows sparingly, you also reap sparingly. Who sows bountifully, also reap bountifully. Verse 7, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. What a promise. What a promise. That as we enter into this thing of free will generosity, because God's been good to us, there's something that starts happening. There's something that starts working. And many of you have experienced it, and I've watched it in many, many people's lives. There's something that starts flowing as you give. You see this receiving and a reciprocating it goes and it comes and goes and comes because you've entered into it, free will. Not because you're forced or coerced, not because your motives are, I want people to see how much I give or, or look at me, look at me. Not about that. It's just that a thanksgiving to God, I've entered into this relationship where he can use me and trust me and there's a flow back and forth, amen? 
We're just about done. So this is what the Thanksgiving offering was. The fat and the kidneys were sacrificed to God, which is kind of weird. I mean, several places in Scripture, kidneys refer to the inner part and the organs. And so the fat, like if you get a tri-tip, you cut the fat off. That's the stuff that smells good. I mean, to the non-vegans, it's, it smells good when, it, when it's cooking. And, uh, but anyway, that, that, he says, cut that stuff off sacrifice it, but the rest was sacrificed and eaten by the priest and his children and the one sacrificing uh, and the one sacrificing with his family. So this is what's cool about the peace offering. Everybody gets to partake of it. He says, you bring it in, you take a portion of it, offer it to God as a sacrifice, but the rest of it, I want you to spread out and you guys eat it together. In other words, this Thanksgiving offering, this peace offering is going to benefit all. I think about today, the offering we're going to do for our building, and last night, everybody was benefiting. We just had a blast. There's, there's a, I don't know how many Cal Poly students showed up. Was there a dozen? A bill? How many? Ten. Ten. Thank you for getting in there, Bill and Leslie, and they did a little demonstration, dance demonstration, but I watched across. We, we were just having a blast. And your sacrifices built that, and that's for all of us to enjoy. That's coming out of Thanksgiving offerings. And for the future in the community, uh, I met with pastors on Thursday, and I said, you guys, if you want to do off-sites, if you need a place to take your team and uh, just get away, we're, we're going to make that available to you. We want to serve the community with that building, that everybody gets blessed by it. Amen?